I am one voice that stands alone. I am one choice to man the throne. Stand good and take shots. Give it all I got. All I got is this microphone. Here, get that talk out of your mouth. You have no idea where it's been. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. Good evening. Well, it's evening for us, but now we're going to have a, a, a Star Wars episode of of uh, Pulp Revelators. Joining us tonight is is Gary, main man Gary. We got Tim here, and myself, Zach. So uh, we decided to just. Do a intro talk to Star Wars. We'll be doing uh, m- many more, especially leading up to December, and probably we'll go ahead and live cast some watching of Star Wars. We won't live cast the film because, well, that would get us in trouble. But but we will live cast us kind of like a mystery science theater type of way. But we wanted to go ahead and start talking about Star Wars because. The three of us are definitely Star Wars fans, and there's some other guys in our troop that couldn't be here tonight that are and aren't. Um, so we wanted to go ahead and talk, especially since Disney Plus is premiering soon, and The Mandalorian. That's our Yes. Which I know I'm excited for, especially if they take some of the uh, some of the themes that were provided in previous expanded universe titles and kind of tie it into the series. And I know that basically uh, John Farver what has reported that they are going to do some of that, but in ways you may not expect. Yeah, well, the really cool thing about that, we don't have to touch too much on it, but beyond The Mandalorian, they've, they've, it was had enough success for Disney and they've named the director of the Obi-Wan series that came out of that. So Mandalorian's just getting the ball started for them. Right. And this is interesting because what we've talked about before, you know, we're, we're comic geeks, geeks and we, we love all that stuff. But Star Wars is one of the few things we will talk about that started with cinema and transitioned into graphic novels and books and things like that. So it, its origin comes out of the cinematic world. So it's, it's cool that a movie that no one thought would be successful turned into what it is today. It cost Disney $4 billion to buy it. There are languages, there are religions based on it. I mean, there are actual Jedi temples somewhere, which I'm sure the first Jedi temple started in a basement somewhere. <laughs> the source of all the power. <laughs> they, uh, they, they actually have lightsaber academies. Yep. yep. Where well, people... I mean, they built a whole world for it. Yeah. They're in Disney World, so... And they're, it's expanded to all their theme parks. You so, can stay in a starship coming up soon down at Disney. And role play, yeah, role play the whole thing. So yeah, you're talking about the Mandalorian, and you have this great storyline of uh, if we're going to give the listeners a basic education, the Mandalorians are they're from a planet called Mandalore, and it's a very harsh planet. And any child that grows up there has to learn the way of the people, which most of them are bounty hunters or mercenaries. So they go out into the galaxy and rent their talents out to the highest bidder. Um, they don't usually keep to any special code. They're just about the dollars. And there's honor among thieves with them. There is a certain bounty hunter's code they follow. But any contract is, is on the table. And once they have the contract, their honor system is they're bound to fulfill the contract. 
So that's where Boba Fett comes from. Jango Fett, of course, was his father and, and is our first introduction in the movies to it, even though Boba Fett was the original. And then it moves on. You're talking about the storylines they, they kind of might flirt with. I hope they give us something out of the Republic Commando series. That was mm-hmm. a really cool series that was written. Uh, but you could also get into the fate of the Jedi where um, the children of Han and Leia Solo um, end up having to go to war with one another because one of them turns dark and one of them has to be the one to finish him off. And the one that goes after the dark brother has to uh, learn skills that she didn't have before. So she goes to, the, to Boba Fett of all people to learn those skills. So that, that that series could just go so many ways and they could give, they could give you a taste of the, the world that has been given in the Mandalorian uh, storyline, but we'll I mean we'll see what they do. It looks really cool. It looks just like a really cool space western, and Star Wars so far has been a space opera. So now we're getting into the western phase of it, and I think it'll it'll bode a lot better for the storyline because I think the movies they have now they're just kind of trying to they're desperately trying to complete a story arc they really don't want to tell. Well, and it's kind of neat because the whole concept um, when he was uh, originally created. Uh, they didn't even have the whole Mandalorian backstory. His original concept and his original um, basis was uh, Sergio Leone's Man with No Name, played by Clint Eastwood. Right. So he was uh, already based on this cowboy-like character. Um, so he was designed quickly. They created uh, they created his armor based on some stormtrooper designs. And in fact, his first appearance was on. <laughs> The Star Wars holiday Christmas special or holiday special in an animated short. They kind of continued on with the character. And I know, I think the word Mandalorian first came in in the novelization of Empire Strikes Back. And they talked about he was a bounty hunter dressed in Mandalorian armor. And then that's when they, and the Mandalorian armor was stated to be um, armor that was used by a race of warriors that battled the Jedi Knights in the old days. So this was way back before we had the prequels, all this fleshed out story. And um, it was kind of, uh, you know, they, they left it in mystery, which was kind of neat. And then they started fleshing out more and he became beyond famous just from that little short appearance in Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. And then. Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing is he was like such a goof in the next movie. Yeah. <laughs> That, that whatever that death scream is in Star Wars. Then became the deadliest man in the galaxy. Yeah. And um, they just developed all these storylines and backstory and developed the whole race. There's even a language, yep. a Mandalorian language written and spoken um, that was developed by Karen Travis when she wrote the Republic Commando series, which was, to me, the best interpretation of the Mandalorians. And she created this whole storyline and trajectory that was then done away with when the Clone Wars came out because they showed a completely different Mandalorian culture than what she had developed. Yeah, but you know, if you if you read that storyline, that storyline continued, and they, yeah. they they plugged it into Order sixty six, which was the order given to kill all the Jedi. Right. And if you follow the Republic Commando series, then that transitions into the the group of commanders who were assigned. To Republic Commander, to, I think it's Triple Zero. Yeah. And, and that series, they decide that they're not going to execute their Jedi that they're, right. they have in their midst. And there's two of them. And then it becomes about them trying to keep them alive and then keep themselves alive and then get off world and find a place where the Emperor can't reach them and the Vader can't reach them. And it becomes a huge, huge storyline 
of this unit, this elite commander unit, <clears throat> having to kind of fight everybody just to live. And it's a really great storyline if anyone hasn't read it. Unfortunately, it's not canon. There you go, Disney. I, I'm one of the people who will preach Disney to everybody of how brilliant they are, but I'm not a fan of them doing that. I understand why they did it, but they've missed some opportunities. And I don't like that they they made these books not canon, and then they still steal from them. You know, Ben Solo, Luke Skywalker's son's name in the series is, is Ben Skywalker. And then you have the same storyline of Han and Leia's oldest child turning bad to the dark side and him having to either be brought back or killed off. He takes a very similar character arc to Darth Vader, just without the injury from Mustafar. But, you know, they they had a great storyline there. At the um, is, How would you pronounce it? The, I think it's the Izam Vong series. Yes. That, how you said it sounds perfect. It sounds perfect, right? Yeah. Because yeah, we like to ask Gary to pronounce things. Yeah, I, I miss it. I mispronunciate. So that was the, the series that got me hooked was actually really early on. It was the um, Admiral Thrawn series where you had a um, basically insane evil clone of the Emperor. Luke Skywalker wasn't fully trained. And then you had Thrawn picking up the pieces of the Empire and being this really kind of almost like James Bond evil character, you know, like, like the bad guys from those movies where he's just smarter than everybody in the room. Very educated, very uh, sophisticated. But Luke Skywalker, this little farm boy, had to figure out how to beat him and get away from him and avoid him. And it's funny, if you read that series, there's a there's a creature that the Force, that can hide the Force, mm-hmm. that makes um, the Force not exist around it. And then you go to the Zan Vong series, and you get a whole world of those people. Right. Um, and all their creatures and that storyline they were able to rip that and that was a really cool storyline because you had multiple authors converging together to yeah. write that series well and they had also pulled from a lot of the series that it came before so it's like every author that wrote that it's almost like they read everything because i mean they used rogue planet um i mean there there were so many different series that they pulled for that from yeah what was that was that heir to the jedis was that the series the throne series if i remember correctly i can't remember yes Yes, it was. Um, and then you ended up right on the heels of that. They came up with the um, the X Wing series, right? Which kind of spanned several years, where they gave you a little bit of Rogue Squadron wedge until he picks up the the void left by Luke Skywalker, leading it out, and they become kind of like this elite flying unit, right? That can kind of do everything. Yep. And they had they, spies, the spies, commandos. Han Solo joined at one point in time, but within that. They introduce a character who ends up becoming probably one of my favorite characters, a character named Corrin Horn. Mm-hmm. So Corrin Horn starts off as a pilot with some Force-sensitive abilities who's flying for Wedge. And Wedge, until he sees this, talks to him about it and realizes he's got Force abilities and kind of recommends him to Luke Skywalker as he's starting his new academy. And then the new academy starts, Corrin goes there, and he kind of... He kind of has a hard time figuring out because he's not as force-able as some other other candidates. But he plays major roles in the Izan Vong invasion story, the fate of the Jedi. He becomes basically the leader of the Jedi as Luke Skywalker kind of sheds right. his responsibility. So, I mean, they, they spend time not just planting seeds, but taking seeds up and planted and letting them grow. 
Right. And it did a really good job with it. And then Disney made it not canon. <laughs> I'm going to say that over and over and over again in this podcast. Well, and even back during those stories, they really kind of pulled in the video games, too. Like, Republic Commando started off as a video game. Yes, it did. Yeah. Um, you know, there was a... Oh, was a what was the one that came out on... Um, it was a rebel trooper who was sent on his own to infiltrate... I want to say Dark Forces. Yes. Okay. Well, it, Skywalker. The Republic Commando was really cool because they had different commando units, and they also pulled in the ARC troopers. Yes. Which was kind of cool. Like, it focused on Omega Squad, mm-hmm. which was the Clan Skirata from, uh, from. Skirka? Yeah, no, it's pretty close to my, it was, it's really close <laughs> to my last name. I wonder why I identify with that series really well. Um, and then, uh, it also kind of, uh, the, focused a little bit on the team from the video game Delta Squad. Yes. So yeah. you had different characters. What was um, interesting in the writing of that storyline was that they really, these guys were all leftovers. From destroyed units, right? They were just all that was left. So they were orphans. Two thousand. Yeah. So they they come together, and they don't really all get along, but they have the same brotherhood going on because they're all the same clone. And then you have the two Jedi that who are attached to them. Uh, one was a healer, and one was a fighter. I can't remember their names, but they actually played into later on when you get into the uh, is it the Fate of the Jedi series? Yeah, the Fate of the Jedi series where um, Jaina Solo has to go hunt down her brother and those same troopers some of them are still alive after right. all this time because there was a there was that was one of the big storylines too of the Republic Commando is that they they had accelerated the growth of the clones so they weren't going to live more than 20 years before they aged out and died and they had to find a way to slow that aging process and they finally found a cloner who could do it and these these clones from the Republic Commander, they ended up surviving. Right. And becoming full Mandalorians, they went back to Mandalore. Star Wars Dark Forces came out in 1995 for the original PlayStation and Macintosh and MS-DOS. And uh, it introduced Kyle Katarn. Yes. Ah, uh, yes. So, he um, stayed in the storyline. Yep. He did. And eventually became a Jedi. So for the Mandalorian TV series, it is set... After Return of the Jedi, yeah, it says the no, it says the series will take place five years after the events of Return of the Jedi, and it follows a Mandalorian bounty hunter beyond the reaches of the New Republic. So it's kind of like the beginning of the New Republic and a Mandalorian bounty hunter, which is not Boba Fett, and they have said that Boba Fett will not appear. I think they're saving him. Yeah, I think they're saving him. They they've got to have something to take Star Wars for. They just spent four billion dollars buying Star Wars, so they've got to. They haven't found it with this current crop. I thought they did a really good job with the standalone movies. Rogue One is probably the best of the Star Wars movies, in my opinion. And they told a really good story. It was a really tight storyline. Right. Um, characters were, were good, well-developed, even though it was shortly done. I do think they kind of scene-jumped a little more than they needed to just because they wanted to show people more of these crazy worlds. But it was a the best movie and it was really good I thought Solo was really good too and it didn't get the traction it needed in the theater but I oh, really yeah. liked that story I liked it too I, I I hate that it didn't get the traction yeah. and I hope they still come back and revisit it again and show some more of his early uh, adventures but um, The Mandalorian says it is five years after return and 25 years before the emergence of the First Order so five years after the fall of the Empire and 25 before so the storyline you're going to get there is the Nobody there to pick up the pieces, so it's yeah. basically chaos. There is no rule of law. That, that was the one of the re- 
ongoing themes in the books mm-hmm. through the years. And once again, Disney has kind of swiped this. Right. You know, Door of the Explorer coming and didn't stop them from swiping. But what they did is they had a storyline. You know, my jokes. I have horrible jokes. Swiper, no swiper. No swiper. Oh. oh, see, it was there, but we just weren't quite there. Now, I have to ask, are you upset at Disney? No, I'm kidding. You don't have to answer that. Um, but anyway, uh, and it says that... Uh, that he's basically the Mandalorian is a lone gunfighter and bounty hunter, and it's been described by Pedro Pascal, the actor, as a Clint Eastwood esque with advanced combat skills and questionable moral character. So essentially, they're going back to that original uh, concept. He sounds like the man with no name. He's a gunslinger. Yeah, I mean, and that was such a cool character that was based on Yojimbo by Asira Kurosawa, which. Which um, I said his name wrong, Asira Kurosawa. Um, which a lot of Star Wars stuff was lifted from that. Like the original Star Wars, one of the one of the basis of ideas for George Lucas was the Hidden Fortress by Kurosawa. Um, you also have uh, cons- I've read, so now I got other oh, movies. movies. Oh, the, uh, the Seven Samurai, which uh, the Magnificent Seven's based on. Um, Yojimbo, uh, which I've already said, The Hidden Fortress. He ha- he has tons of samurai movies that when you watch them, you're like, ah, I see where that came from. So, um, yeah, so it's kind of interesting that they're going back to that. Um, even certain concepts like between y- Yojimbo and the man with no name is um, Yojimbo wouldn't use his non-sword fighting. He wouldn't use his sword fighting hand for anything but for sword fighting. So everything else he did with his non-dominant hand. And if you watch the Eastwood Spaghetti Westerns where he plays the man with no name, you never see his gunslinging hand come out from underneath of that duster he wears unless he's shooting someone. <laughs> so it's just different concepts that uh, are kind of neat that uh, carried over. And I'm curious to see if they carry over to this. I think they will. I think they've done a lot of study on it. I think, I mean, John Farvis, Oh yeah. as much as Kevin Feige has the keys to the kingdom for Marvel, John Farber has a key to the kingdom for just Disney. I mean, he's done the Jungle Book. He's done. Mm-hmm. He's been attached to almost every Marvel movie, if not every Marvel movie, yeah. in some capacity. Now they've given him uh, the keys to Star Wars uh, moving forward as far as the, the yeah. series go. The, I'm sorry, the episodes. And then he, you just where he's going forward with this, the guy doesn't do anything that isn't well thought out. He's very intelligent when it comes to piecing stories together, and he's very, very smart at picking his teams and who he works with. And he's a nerd like we are. He has a love for it. He also has a Netflix series called The Chef. It's very yeah. good. It's very good. Yeah, he's he's uh, he's a really neat guy. I like seeing anything that he does. You know, I remember the first couple of movies I saw him in. He was just supporting cast. Mm-hmm. I never realized, you know, when they when they put him on Iron Man, I thought he was just another supporting cast. But then you start reading the credits and seeing how much he had to do with it, and then all the rest of Marvel. And now he's into Star Wars, and, and that guy's just gonna keep jumping all over the place and making Disney millions and millions of dollars. Yeah, my, my, man, he, when I think back to John Farver, he was uh, the first thing I saw him in was Swingers and Friends. He yes. was in Friends. Oh, right. Yeah, he was, he was the rich boyfriend of Monica that wanted to conquer UFC and would just constantly get that's his butt right. handed well, to him. Don't episode. forget that he was in Rudy. That's right, he was in Rudy he as well. Rudy. I don't know what Rudy is. Rudy Heiliger, the 
Notre Dame football player that Sean Ashton played in the movie Rudy? If you say like, that you have never so seen Rudy, I might I've have to punch you. Zach Sarver has never seen Rudy. We want to go on record with saying that again. Zach Sarver has never seen Rudy, and he is now writing it down. <laughs> <laughs> it's a sports movie. You love it. Yeah. It's based on a true story. It's like one of the very few movies that men can cry at True. without being made fun of. What about Up? Men cry at Up without... You know, I'll give you I Up. I have no problem with Up. I'll give you Up. We need to do a Pixar episode. <laughs> oh. That's where we are now. That's where we are. That's true. All it takes yeah, is one as, comment. As much as I wish Disney had kept with the storyline, I understand why they didn't. Yeah. They need the freedom to move around um, mm-hmm. without having to pay royalties with every single thing they write mm-hmm. or put on yeah. film. Truth. True. And, you know, they... It's a shame. I, I don't think to this point any of the past authors have jumped on board with anything for Disney, which there's a ton of talent out there. Yeah. And they put so much work into well scripting and, and writing the storylines that they worked together to build, particularly the last three series. And it just kind of... If, if you have ever read any of the newer stuff that came out that's considered canon I haven't really I don't I tried a few of the books and I didn't really get it I want to I want to read Chuck Wendig's because I like Chuck Wendig so I really want to read some of his stuff so you had Lost Star I think that was probably one of the very first ones to come out after that and then Chuck Wendig gave us um, The Aftermath uh-huh. Empires and Life Debt I think there was a third one I can't remember um, but it it very Slightly tells you the story of um, of Ren. Okay. Because it kind of ends on Jakku with that huge star destroyer crashing into the planet, which is where we kind of start with Ren as she's exploring that right. star destroyer. It tells a different story. The guy who um, the the guy who's leading the Empire at that time, he's kind of he's not a military leader. He's kind of a sleazy little politician. Okay. And he's putting pieces in motion and in a play. Right. And the names they're dropping in the book you see in the new movies. As he, he ended up choosing the youngest generation and the children of the youngest generation as the Empire moving forward and he abandoned the rest of the Empire and he took them off and then he comes back with the uh the the was fourth order? No. Whatever their order is. The first order? The first order, yeah. yeah. Fourth. He comes back with the first order. Okay. The, the Empire is basically, he leaves the Empire to fight amongst himself and he takes the, the best of the best. Gotcha. And creates the new world with them. Yeah, I, um, I'm curious to see how that ends up, especially with Ray's heritage. And um, I don't know. I, I really hope that there was something more to Snoke because he kind of went out pretty out. easy yeah. in the second one. Um, but no, with the. What's your opinions on the new movies? Well, it depends on which ones we're talking about. Like I already said, I, I thought um, I thought Rogue One was brilliant. Yes. I thought Solo was really, really good. Um, I will say that The Force Awakens interested me. I mm-hmm. thought we started with an interesting story. I thought Ray's character, I said Ray, I thought Ray's character was was interesting. Um, I liked the imagery they were giving us, with the, even though it was a desert planet. She started off exploring like a Star Destroyer and things like that. I thought that was really cool. Um, but I feel with the second one that, that we're just kind of rehashing what we've already seen right. in A New Hope mm-hmm. the, the, um, the Empire Strikes Back and potentially Return of the Jedi and they're actually returning 
to Endor in this next movie right. to explore the Death Star in some way. Mm-hmm. It's called The Rise of Skywalker. We know that it can't be Ben because Ben's a solo. He's not a Skywalker. Right. So there's some storyline for the Skywalker clan that still has to happen. Um, I don't know what that's going to be. I have a slight prediction, but I don't even know if it's even close to being right. And Beru is coming back. She's not a Skywalker, is she? Who? No. Ellen Lars. She's a yeah. Lars. That's right. She's a Lars. She married Ellen Lars. Uh, yeah. She was a burnt up crispy skeleton. The last time you saw her, yeah. I, uh, <laughs> but no, it's, um, and then, I mean, after that, you have even more. I mean, you have Rian Johnson's trilogy that he's doing. And uh, I, I just read an article where that might be a four movie deal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And apparently there's some characters like Ray and Finn that may continue on from here, just not necessarily. I've heard that, but I've, I can't see yeah. where they wouldn't. Yeah, it's just not necessarily a continuation of the Skywalker story. This is supposed to end the Skywalker story. Um, but no, I mean, I have read some of the comics that are in continuity now, and they've been really good. But they also have had, like, um, the comic writers that I like. Like, Charles Soule has taken over. Um, Star Wars coming up. Greg Pak's been writing it. Uh, Jason Aaron. Mm-hmm. It's who we all love from Thor uh, took over the initial Marvel offering of Star Wars, the series in general. There's a new one that I'm reading. I can't think of the name of it. It's only on a. They've only issued. I think issue three comes out tomorrow. Okay. Um, but it's Dark Jedi Rising or something like that. Dark Ten. Oh yeah, it's based on the uh, new video game coming out. That's uh. uh Jedi Rising. It's, yeah. it's pretty good so far. Yeah. I, I find a of the. I found a really interesting storyline or a very interesting uh, theory. So you have Galaxy's Edge is something mm-hmm. I think they're up to like issue number 11. Mm-hmm. And I haven't read it yet. I need to buy it and trade back at this point. But allegedly, Galaxy's Edge comic book has secrets hidden in it that apply to Galaxy's Edge amusement park that mm-hmm. Disney has yeah. in California and in Florida. And unless you That's read cool. the comic books, you don't know those secrets. So... I'm going to Florida in November. I'm going to read up on the trade back to see if it really applies. I'll give a report back on that. That would be for the next episode. That would be really neat if they are that. Because we know we have that yeah. hotel you can stay in where you're staying in a Star Destroyer and you're actually playing a role. Right. All the actors are supposed to, all the employees are actors you know, paid to interact with you. That's their role. So as, as Star Wars characters. I feel like that should just be a whole episode of our podcast. Us going down playing the roles at Galaxy Edge. Um, yeah, and I mean, they did a Darth Vader series. They've done a few, which yeah. have been really good. Um, the, the one that's really cool, it's Dr. Doctor Afra. it's called, and it's basically a female Indiana Jones type of character within the Star Wars universe, and she makes the worst decisions ever. And she ends up accompanied by, like, another droid like c-3po and another droid like r2 except they're the exact antithesis like the c-3po droid is like it's like if hannibal lecter were a droid and then the r2 droid is like he's just a tank with all these guns who likes to fire them so and it, it it's been really that's been really done well and um that's a i mean they've been really good there was one issue of darth vader and i cannot remember the writer um, I'll look it up the next time someone speaks. But uh, it was Grand Moff Tarkin. It's set during the time before New Hope. And he takes Vader out to test him on this planet. So it's like 
a troop of stormtroopers and Tarkin are assigned to go hunt Vader. Mm. And it is literally like watching the first Predator. Except Tarkin wins. That's cool. Yeah. The storyline for Tarkin is he's just a, a, a magic right. planner. He can figure it. He can outsmart anybody. Yeah, they make Tarkin really cool in that series. and uh, But just, I mean, just reading it, you're like, man, those poor troopers. Because they got to go chase. And he, he sustains damage. But it, it was like it was like they combined Star Wars and Predator all in one issue. And it's just one issue. And it was probably one of the best ones that... Was that the Vader series? Yeah. So they had a um, they had a book called uh, Dark Lord: The Rise of Darth Vader. Did you read that one? I did not. That was really interesting because it was it was basically the agony and the mental shock of being the one to the reason for Padme's death. Anakin basically blocks that out of his memory. He starts to block out the fact that he's Anakin. He starts to really um, adopt the idea that he's Darth Vader, but. The Emperor intentionally designed Darth Vader's armor, his apparatus, every, everything about him is just a touch slower than the technology allows it to be. Because the Emperor, even a damaged Anakin Skywalker, he doesn't want him to be full power because he's afraid Anakin will be able to destroy him and beat him and, and ruin his plans. And he's already, the storylines go on to say how, how Palpatine decides that because Darth Vader is um, so damaged goods, he starts looking for Vader's replacement. And Vader ends up going and taking out his replacement. <laughs> so it was Darth Vader number 18 by Charles Soule. And uh, Giuseppe Comancoli is the, uh, I just, I'm sure I just butchered his last name, but we've already discussed. That's my mutant power. Um, he's the artist. And it, it basically they said it's like, you're not reading about Vader, the fallen Jedi, Vader, the tragic dude. It's Vader, the beast. Yes. And he's being hunted by Tarkin, stormtroopers, and hired mercenaries and assassins. The entire issue. So if there's one issue to check out, man, that was a great one. Darth Vader, like number 18. At the very end of Rogue One, when Vader goes onto the ship, and you get that... Oh, it's yeah. all dark and the lights he's very kind of silhouetted then he just starts wrecking shot mm-hmm. on everybody like that's the Vader yeah. that everybody should have seen okay. yeah, it, it, the saving grace to the prequel movies is this lightsaber duel between Anakin and mm-hmm. Obi-Wan if it hadn't been for that final lightsaber scene right. I would have been just completely disappointed in the whole run so you get these moments that you're like finally so you have that big fight scene between Vader and Obi-Wan or Anakin and Obi-Wan. And then you turn around in A New Hope, if you're watching it chronologically, you're like, man, what happened to those two old guys? Like, right. they, they don't have the same skill set they had in the last movie. So it's, it's neat to see how cinematically they've strived for more and they, they try mm-hmm. to give us more. And it just now it's owned by Disney, who just well, owns the market on, yeah. on action and storylines and really kind of getting its audience to commit long-term to a series and an idea. Yeah. So it'll be really interesting to see what happens with Star Wars moving forward. I do, I reiterate, I think they're just trying to get through these three movies to just kind of finish the up. story and wrap it up. And yeah. if they can wrap it up, then they can go wherever they want. And Ryan Ra- Johnson's been given just a blank slate. Go wherever you want with this next trilogy. Nice. So it'll be really cool to see what they give us next. Okay. 
even though they're wrapping up this storyline, they still go back to it and look at some of the characters. Like a, a movie on Vader, I think a lot of people would want to see. To go more into his intervening years between... Yeah, I think Rogue One gave us a... Um, yeah. Taste. Gave us a template for the idea that you can go back in time and tell a story in between, mm-hmm. and it can be successful. And if it's well thought out and, and well done, it, it can see a lot of success. But I think that with, with the Disney Plus and the live streaming they have, that's a series. Oh, yeah. Tell. That's a, right. A yeah. Vader story, that's a yeah. really good place to start. Yeah. Yeah, the, the Izan Vong series, I've been waiting for over a decade for that to become a TV series of some sort because it's just such a drawn-out story. It's, it is... Is that still canon? No. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I hear Disney eliminated that, so I think you're going to have to wait. And I haven't read anything that's... <laughs> the new stuff that's canon so far that has just kind of... You know, it's not as gripping as, as this previous stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, they with, with that series, they got really smart because, I mean... It was starting to kind of fizzle yes. a little bit. They had already told all the stories they could, and so they created a enemy that came from unknown space that was protected by uh, uh, Thrawn's race, the Chiss. And they came in, and they were just completely foreign <coughs> to everything that already existed in the universe. I mean, yes. they, they didn't exist in the Force. So, having the Force really didn't affect them. Um, yeah, the only thing it did was the training the Jedi had gave them the ability to at least be on equal ground with them. Right. But there was no advantage. All their weapons were organic. Yep. Which so, really yeah. And deadly. Yeah, I mean, instead of bullets, they had thud bugs. So, they were like beetles they would throw at you, and they would hit you like bullets. And they they would either explode, or they could... Put poisonous spores around yeah. you. Their fighting staffs were poisonous snakes that could be like hardened into an actual staff and to fight you with. Nanosecond. Yeah. yeah, or a whip. I mean, it was just, it was like, when you read this, you're like, whoa. They- I liked it too that it set up a galaxy of, you know, in the future. It set mm-hmm. up a storyline in the future of now the Jedi had to go out and repair everything. Yep. Because Luke Skywalker had spent several decades rebuilding the Jedi Order. He was up to about, we figured there's somewhere around 100 to 200 of them. Right. And they got decimated. They got hunted down by the, the Zon Vong because they saw them as the only threat in the galaxy. Yeah, and they were terraforming. Yeah. So every planet they took, they terraformed to look like their home. Hmm. So they had all these crazy plants and animals. They terraformed to the point that they would take it further from the sun, closer to the sun, wherever they were, and they, they totally transformed the planet. And they genetically altered these creatures to become, like, essentially these lizard reptile wolf things that only purpose was to hunt Jedi and they could sense them through the force. Yeah. So it was just like, it was insane. The greatest character in all of the books, uh, is is Anakin Solo Mm -hmm. in his story arc. The way that story arc went there, it was really awesome. And then really frustrating with the way it went. You're like, no way. Yeah. Given us finally, well, they, they, they did good at surprising you. Yes. It was like it was like watching Lost. Don't get attached to anyone. And that book was a big... There was a big build-up to that particular scene, too. I mean, that yeah. book just kept building and building and building and building. And that was kind of like the Young Avengers. You know, the, the, the youth of the Jedi finally decided to take the fight to the bad guys. Right. And this is about their decision to do that. And 
the success and the failures that came with it. Right. They didn't want to listen to the adults anymore. And that storyline carried out too later on in like the Joiner King series. Mm-hmm. Because some of the ones who they thought had died or had abandoned them and gone a different direction, their storyline comes up later. Yep. They're like, oh, they, they're just really well tied in. Well, nothing was ever like where the original Star Wars trilogy mm-hmm. from when we were kids and prior to Zach's birth. Um, we're, we're kind of cut and dried. You knew who the good guys were. You knew who the bad guys were. Um, after the uh, New Jedi Order series with the invasion of the Vong, um, they, uh, it was more shades of gray. Because you, you talked earlier and spoiled it for everyone already. But the uh, <laughs> no, the fall of Jason Solo that's no longer... Um, no that's, longer canon. No longer canon. Um, Got to keep reminding Tim of that. Was that uh, it? It was even even that he chose to do it heroically because um, they didn't explain it until um, the Legacy of the Force series, or no, actually the Fate of the Jedi series during a kind of resolution issue with Luke after Jason's story had uh, resolved. That come to find out, he chose he chose to become Sith because he saw a vision of his daughter. Yes. Sitting on the throne as the dark ruler of the galaxy, to so to spare her from, from becoming the Sith, he sacrificed himself and took the fall. Now it doesn't forgive any of the atrocities that he committed while he was Sith, but that was the reason why he, this heroic character that ended one series very heroic suddenly made this drastic turn in character, and it was because he knew he had to do it or his daughter would. So. That was his fatherly sacrifice. So, so it was like none of it was straightforward, black and white. After the whole um, invasion, well, he became in that series. His reasoning initially was sound, mm-hmm. but he became self-absorbed. Yep. Just but power corrupts. He became a Sith. Power corrupts absolutely. Right? Yeah. He becomes a Sith. So, and did you read the series after that? Yes. Where Luke Skywalker goes out into the galaxy because. The storyline up to that is that Jason Solo disappeared. Right. He comes back after having explored the galaxy, and Luke Skywalker gave him a few tips of different Force things that, like, Force yeah. originalities, these temples and these writings. And Jason went and looked and searched for that. And So he had to follow, he followed his path to try to figure out how Jason fell. Yeah. And that was a really yeah. cool storyline. And he took um, his son with him. Yes, he did. Yes, he yeah. did because of what Jason right. did in his, his previous series. So I thought the ending was really good. Yeah. That series of how how his demise finally came about. And that storyline, you kept reading that, you really felt like you were in a movie. Yeah, when you, when you if you read like and it's a, it's a it's an honest commitment to read all of it. Like it, I, I would challenge you to do it in a year. Um but to read through the 25 years after Star Wars that's uh on a timeline and uh I might take a picture of it and post it on Facebook, but um, there's a uh, 25 years after Star Wars, A New Hope, and it starts off with Boa Fett, a practical man. Then it goes through the New Jedi Order, then the Dark Nest trilogy, then Legacy of the Force, and then the Fate of the Jedi series with some mixed in stuff there. And it's um, it, it's a great storyline to follow through, especially if you want to um, get to know the characters. And I, you know, just a warning. Throughout the story, there's peppered references to other books 
that you're probably want to go. You'll probably end up wanting to go read like Rogue Planet is the one I always think of. Um, so I would, uh, I would just, uh, take a look at it, even though it's not canon anymore. They were so good that it's still such a good read. And then comics spent out of it because yes. from legacy of the force, there was legacy that was set way after all this and was a distant, um, was a distant descendant of Luke Skywalker that turned his back on the Jedi order, right? order and more became like a Han Solo type of character. Yep. So, um, I mean, there was just such good stuff before it became non-canon that it's still really worth. And if you ever get confused or lost, Wikipedia, man. Wikipedia. Wikipedia is the bomb. It is there, and I don't know who's in charge of that. They do such a good job. But, man, it's, it's just, there's so much information in there. Mm-hmm. And they have it now divided between canon and... Non-canon. Yeah. Right. So you can go and look and click on the tab and read either. Uh, the, uh, the Joiner Nest trilogy mm-hmm. for our listeners that's that might be a tough read yeah because i found it to be a tough read and i was fully invested in star wars um but understand that 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 series came out back to back to back all three books came out probably within the year yep and that set up that went directly into the next series it was just kind of like a fill the gap for a year series to set up the next run right which was the jason solo story um so tough through it read it in order Talk right. through it, and you're gonna you're gonna need it because in that next series, there's uh, Raynar and, and those characters play a huge part. Yep. In telling in filling the storyline. And it's kind of funny. Um, we haven't talked about it, so and we're probably running out of time. But I want to bring it up. It was a character that was brought up during this that didn't make it to the new cut, and it's kind of funny because they were such diehard fans that I'm really surprised that they haven't picketed Disney yet. It was Mara Jade. Um. Mm. Yeah, so she was like this emperor's assassin that ends up falling in love and marrying Luke Skywalker and is the mother of Luke Skywalker's son. Um, and she has she's gone. I mean, no longer canon. Yeah. She was introduced. Was she? Did they introduce her on one of the cartoons? I don't know. Uh, I'm fairly certain yeah, Mara Jade so. was introduced. But one of the cartoons, cartoons cause it, it, but like, the cartoons are considered canon. Okay, it was the holiday special, wasn't it? <laughs> 2016. Yeah, where they travel to the Wookiee home planet and, and dance. Yeah, <laughs> just have a dance. Out. Well, I wonder, like, are the Ewok movies part of canon too? Remember the they had? Door? Yeah, remember they had? Yeah, they had the two Ewok movies. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if those are canon. I like them because at the time Star Wars was done and the, yeah. you just grasped at anything you could get. It was something. It was. Or the droids cartoon. Yes. That was really yeah. good too. But yeah, they so there's a there is a, a reference to Mara Jade in one of the cartoons I thought. I remember that being a big deal if she's finally being introduced into the Star Wars galaxy. But I, I didn't see, I don't remember. But they never told the storyline of her and Luke Skywalker getting together. No, because that's no longer canon. <laughs> and, no, he is, she has not played in any. She hasn't. Oh, I'm sorry about that. Nope. Our listeners, Tim, is completely wrong and doesn't know what he's talking about. It was wishful thinking. It was. So the only character they've really introduced to us um, within the literature world that's still canon within... The, the Star Wars cinematic world is probably going to be, what do you think, Thrawn? Thrawn seems to be big in the news. His, yeah. his, his origin was in Heir to the Empire. Yeah. And 
he uh, he's still huge in the current series. So I, there's one person they gave us out of out of that. She was in one of the movies um, as the dancing girl Erica in Jabba's yes pal- palace, but but that's only in there because they wrote it in the storyline. Correct. Right? Yeah. Yeah, so they so I mean it could just be now the character Erica, and not Mara Jade is. Yeah. Touch on that was her first time seeing Luke Skywalker and, right. and her feelings on that. So, um with the few minutes we have left, uh we barely touched on it and it's another very exciting point, the Obi-Wan Kenobi TV series that Ewan McGregor is coming back for that's going to be on Disney Plus. Uh that's another exciting one, especially if they steal from the legends for that because there was a Kenobi novel that was also a Western. Yes. It was while he was exiled, he could barely use his lightsaber because that would alert the Empire to there's a Jedi still in existence. And it was a really good novel. So I really hope they pull upon some of that. Yeah, because you got the, the storyline of Obi-Wan moving forward after um, episode three is that he goes into hiding and watches and protects Luke Skywalker. He stays on Tatooine, but that's not true. Because he still sees as his mission as one of the last remaining Jedi um, masters to try to piece back the Jedi Order. And he has to come to terms with the idea that the, the Order is done. You know, Yoda kind of gave up on it, but everyone has a hard time giving up on it. So if they follow that storyline, that could be really interesting too. Because you're going you're gonna to fall in love with characters and they're going to get killed. Because the Jedi, we know the fate of the Jedi. They know only want to you know, the only one that survives is Yoda and Obi Wan, and they're around to train Luke Skywalker, and that's the end of it. Yep. So that'll be that'll be fun to see. And Ewan McGregor, he was the saving grace of the of the prequel trilogy. You know, um, the Qui Gon Jinn character that. Um, Doctor Ayer Binks was the saving grace. Ah, I just stole it from me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're yeah. me too. <laughs> well, you know, he's the unknown Sith. Yes, he is. Yeah. that's a great theory. Yeah, whoever originally put that together. Brilliant. Well, well I wish that Qui-Gon, I understand why he had to die in the first one, but I wish he had lasted a little bit longer because Liam Neeson is just so cool. I mean... Did. I tell you, he did a really good job grabbing that character and, yeah, and did. playing him in the first movie. And, and Samuel L. Jackson, yeah. a big fan of what he does, but the, the books wrote Mace Windu so much better. Yeah. Than we got to see. They just didn't give him enough. I mean, they finally let him like burst into action at the very end of the second one and part of way through to his death in the third one. So it's kind of like they just didn't give him enough to do. No, no, they had too much filler going on with CGI. And the yeah, really... They still had to get their strikes in. Yeah, and the real awkward, uncomfortable love story and Attack of the Clones. It yeah, it, it really was. Poor Hayden Christensen. He probably could have had a much different career if he just didn't know. Yeah. Yeah, that was just anything besides jumpers since then. He has. He's been in some stuff. Yeah, he was in another. He was in a science fiction movie that was set during like a sword and sorcery setting with uh, Nick Cage. I think. Yeah, was Was that Nick Cage? No, that wasn't Nicolas Cage. Hayden Christensen was, but who was in that with him? Was that Jeff Bridges? Nolte wasn't it? Ah, gotta look it up. Any who's? No, we gotta know. Outcast, and yes, it is Nicolas Cage. There we go. So who was the seventh son? No, it's it is. It's Jeff Bridges, Julianne Jeff Moore, Bridges, yeah. and some guy else. 
That's a good movie. Ben Barnes. Um, who? Yeah. Oh, he played um, Jigsaw in The Punisher. Ben Barnes. That's right. Yep. It's kind of weird where you're going to see actors turn out. Um, so just a quick disclaimer. I made fun of Zach earlier about Rudy and said that's the only movie that men are allowed. One of the only movies that men are allowed to cry at. Men can cry at anything. It's just a joke. Uh, I cried over the weekend at the end of Aquaman when uh, I didn't cry. Burst out. I had some tear in my eyes. I don't know. There's when, when the guy. Yeah. <laughs> was that posted? <laughs> That's great. Yeah, uh, but uh, you know when when he's down waiting on the dock after so many years and the mom appears again. I was like, "That's cool." A little teary eyed. So you never know when emotion is going to catch you. I might have, but DC has killed my emotions for them. <laughs> so how far do you think Disney can go with Star Wars? If they do it right and they don't like drown you in it, because I think that was another problem with Solo is instead of waiting for that yearly release, they had already had a release and then released Solo pretty quickly behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think if they do it right and maybe keep it to... One every year or two years. Yeah, one every year or one every other year. I, I think that they can do it right. Especially now that they're going to have TV series on. You don't want to inundate so much unless you inundate correctly. Yeah, I think if they if they try to play this more like Marvel where they kind of slowly built up and got that heavy outside of a normal fan base. Like Marvel. Yeah, I think Marvel had a much more diverse fan base yeah. to start with. Yeah. You know, and, and it... People can relate to it. We talked about this in the in the Marvel couple of Marvel runs we've done here in the podcast that you can relate to Captain America because mm-hmm. they filmed him. The film was done in a current era, True. you know. So how do you relate to force powerful sword wielding laser sword people? Kind of hard. Where would you like to see the Star Wars uh, world going? After the fall of after the Skywalker story is over, I think the one thing they've never done properly, and they tried this with um, episodes one and two in the movies, they tried to show you in episode three, they tried to show you a world where the Jedi were strong and what they're truly capable of, and they still they failed at it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to see them. I like the idea in the books of the new Jedi Order of someone building it. Even if it's Ray's character who decides this is something worth going out and finding people. And they gave us a little taste at the end of the last Star Wars movie where the the kid is sitting there with a broom and he's able to call it to himself. Mm -hmm. Maybe we'll finally get um, a Jedi world, a Jedi galaxy where they can go do things that no one else can do. And we'll finally get that. You know, we'll get a taste of of a Jedi training, maybe maybe not a temple because... Temple just has kind of the wrong connotations to me. Like they didn't worship anything. Mm-hmm. That's just where they trained and studied and, and uh, contemplated. So I'd like to see them. I'd like to see more of the Jedi. I'd like to see more, more of the Mandalorian mm-hmm. type of world. Um, there's a lot they can show you um, that they haven't really done. I mean, Avatar could be part of the Star Wars galaxy. We don't know it. Right. You know, there's a lot they can do. They have... Rian Johnson's going to be able to destroy this <laughs> he's gonna have he I mean what a position to be in it's gonna be so much fun just kind of write your own story and you can include anything Disney owns in that current world you really could yeah so that's where I hope to see it go 
Either way, I'll buy a ticket to whatever movie comes out. Yeah. Because it's Star Wars, and I love Star Wars. True. Zach? Same question. I think, so my biggest thing with Star Wars growing up was the video games. And I would like to see, well, the video game, the biggest video games, like Knights of the Old Republic. We had that big epic adventure of a central hero going something, and that's what I would like to see with the new something with the new Star Wars is some type of new trilogy or something where they build up another hero who it, it's and they just have him going on some epic adventure through this new world that they're able to create. That's what I'm. It would be cool if they were to give us like a nice old Republic storyline. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, yeah, that's just would be so, a lot of fun to see more origins, more mm-hmm. rough force skills, but. Yeah, just like more something that has like a bunch of planets in it, lots of different species, and just more of the the uh, um, individual unique. Yeah, yeah, like the different lore stuff, more creatures and stuff like that. Yeah, the books have opened up a huge universe and descriptions mm-hmm. of different worlds that are just they're so cool. Mm-hmm. That's that's the that's the advantage of writers they can write whatever they want. Gary? They're already giving it to me. Um, I wanted to see more of the Clone Wars. They're coming out with a new season of Clone Wars on Disney+. Plus, So they're continuing the animated Clone Wars. And I wanted to see something about the Mandalorians. The Mandalorians coming out. So I'm getting it. Um, other than that, I'd like to see them continue a little bit of the uh, young Han Solo story or maybe do a uh, young Leia story. I mean, we know that we know that she was involved with the rebellion prior to A New Hope, so that would be kind of neat. Um, I mean, Luke. I, I think they've touched everything they can do on Luke Skywalker, basically. Everything they're going to do. Yeah. yeah done everything they're going to do with him. Yeah. I, it would be cool in the Mandalorian to see ten years down the road they planted so many seeds to go elsewhere in the storyline that we finally pick up on, kind of like what Marvel did with with all of its properties. Just be really cool to start seeing some some seed land. So that's Star Wars for you, folks. That's just the tip of the iceberg. It's funny how six, well, eight movies now coming on nine, not including the standalones, can have such an effect. But there's tons of books out there if you want to read them. Look them up. Not all of them are canon. Some of them are uh, are really good series to get into. Pay attention as we go into the future. We're going to be doing some fun stuff. That Star Wars theme. And we hope you guys really get a kick out. Alone, I am one choice to man the throne. Stand good and take shots, give it all I got. All I got is this microphone.